Good afternoon, everybody. This is Greg McBride. I am joined by Jeremy Dutch from German American State Bank in Freeport. Uh, he actually uh, heads up the Belvedere office. And uh, Jeremy is uh, is no uh, uh, no stranger to our podcast here. He's joining us now for, I think, his third time. Uh, and uh, Jeremy, welcome to the show. Thanks a lot, Greg. Thanks for having me again. Well, now that we're in... Sounds weird. 2020. Um, I know it does. You, you're starting to uh, starting to gear up for an important time in your uh, in your uh, calendar, which, which is renewal season. How, what are you What are you looking at as you as you go into it? Now that are, now that you've gotten past the the December uh, time frame, the holidays are behind us. You're starting to look at financials and and what are some of the uh, some of the concerns as you start to start the new year and start renewal season? Yeah, no, well, you're, you're absolutely right at the time frame we're in here. I mean, it's uh, you know it's January seventh, twenty twenty. I know that does sound weird, um, and we're flipping our hat on the bank side of just trying to get prepared for the renewal season. I think we're just a tad early. I expect in the next two to three weeks to be able to. You know, take a look at some some uh, actual you know hard renewals that we have here with our uh, couple customers, and then we you know we'll just get busy from that point on all the way till uh, towards the end of March roughly. Um, but some concerns of ours, you know, that, that we have is you know we've been no we have not been any you know strangers to the ag market, uh, the geopolitical concerns, trade agreements, all that type of stuff, prevent plant weather, you know, whatever you throw under the on the table that uh, you know encompasses 2019, I think that one of the biggest concerns we have right now is balance sheet health, and um, you know where you stand on any kind of working capital. Those those are the two, I think, main concerns that we have right now is is working capital. Do we have any expenses that are carried over? Or, you know any losses, and if there are some that exist, you know through you know continued price pressure and margin erosion, you know do we have balance sheet strength to be able to move some of this down the balance sheet, put it on some long term debt, and uh, you know inject some capital back into the farm? Now, is is some of this uh, could some of this be alleviated by making some cash sales, or is this big picture? You're looking at what they actually do have in storage and saying. Okay, well, this is what we know we've got in cash, and this is where our debits come in. And or is it? You know, are you at the the big picture stage where you already know what they what they kind of have out there? You know, uh, great question. I think that's it, it. It depends on the grower, but you know, what we're trying to do is big picture. So, what we're taking a look at is. Um, if we have all the detail right now or, or what we will be looking at here in the next, let's say, 30 days is we'll, we'll try to be looking at a 1231 balance sheet that shows us, you know, what's left in inventory to sell, what amount of expensive, expenses have already been paid for the 2020 year, and then we'll reconcile that with an operating line of credit along with the income statement to try to get a big picture of you know what happened or or what we in the banking world like to call you know net you know net farm value uh of that growing season so uh, you know in the short term you know there's obviously a bunch of strategies that that you would you can you know deploy or use for um getting working capital back in and, and a lot of that i think depends on whether you have on-farm storage or storing at the elevator and you know whether or not um, 
you need to make those sales to get cash back in or or you can hold out um, because you d certainly have the cash on. So what, what we really try to do is we try to take that and reconcile and flush all the, you know, all the manipulation that that we as farmers can do with our Schedule F and to get the bigger picture just to say what what still needs, needs to be paid for 19, what have we paid for 20, what grains left out there to sell to, to make us whole on all of that. And then, you know, flip the counter to what, what's our needs in 2020? What, you know, what do we look like as far as the operating needs or cash needs that we have to put the crop in the ground and get us to, you know, October, November timeframe the, in 2020? I gotcha. Now you, you mentioned something a, a couple of minutes ago about uh, uh, hard renewal. What, can you speak to that? Is that, is that somebody that already had a, uh, an operating loan with you in in 2019 and it's basically just kind of going through the uh through the numbers just to, to renew that or is that is that something something a little so the um the term hard renewal uh, it's just a just a term i'm using internally here with the office um just because i have a lot of conversations as we've talked to in the past uh, that with farmers and and guys that we work with and gals we work with you know of just how do how the season is progressing how things change how scenarios may change um you know just now we we talked uh you know just just talked to a farmer last week about some scenarios on selling some you know grain right now um buying some calls doing some other things you know just, just type of you know you know i guess what you would call um conversations or consultative conversations uh, that's the stuff that we're having right now. When I when I phrase hard renewal is is I guess I'm talking about the actual renewal process after we've collected all of the financials, we've got all of that spread, and we're we're creating the actual renewal document that we take to our credit department um, for recommendation for a new line of credit for the next year. So that that's what I I, I really just mean is that, you know, and then when we get into the hard renewal season or we're doing the actual renewal, um, that that's what I meant with that term. So I, I apologize if I made it confusing. No, no, I just, I just want to make sure we got the clarification on that. Um, my next yep. question is, is, you know, we were up and down quite a bit uh, last uh, last year. Everybody was so so bold up and so friendly. We got another MFP, and then you know the market uh, really started to fall off uh, in July and and really never recovered. Um, what's what's it look like out there for the uh, for the state of the farm economy right now? Well, I, I think that uh, you know you, I think you've really kind of hit uh, hit the high points here. You know, and, and the people that I talk to and then, you know, how we feel on our own farm, I you know, real high level, I think the state of the economy is that in 2019, I think we made a lot of decisions. We made a lot of um, plan B decisions and, and none of those decisions felt like you were really doing the right thing. And, you know, you never, it was one of those scenarios that you just never felt like that you had good options on, on what you're doing. So, you know, I, I certainly would be remiss if I didn't say I think the state of the farm economy in one is I think frustration. Um, two, we're seeing a lot, you know, still, you know, erosion to working capital to net worth uh, with with continued price suppression and, and margin suppression. Um, you know, really, I, I think we still go back into one of the, the greatest risks um, I think the ag sector faces for 2020 uh, would be 
you know, a mixture of geopolitical risk with some of the threats that we're seeing with, you know, the, the Iran stuff right now, along with, you know, are we going to get this first round of trade agreements done? And uh, w- what does that actually look like and, and what the time frame is there? So when you wrap all of that together, there's obviously a lot of uncertainty. There's a lot of frustration. Um, there, there's continued erosion that, that all of us have to work through just to just to try to get back to what I mentioned in our, our very first podcast is a, you know, a workable crop plan, something that that's realistic, that's something that, you know, that the, the bank side of, 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 of agriculture can get behind and something that the grower, um, you know, can actually attain and, in, 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 and actually come to fruition rather than, you know, any kind of fluff or, or things of that sort. So it's, uh, you know, I'm going to, I'm not going to lie. It's, it's going to be, I think another challenging renewal season, it's going to be another challenging ag season as well with a lot of these uncertainties. And we're coming off of, you know, a challenging 2019. So I know there's a lot of, a lot of people that, you know, that the, the, there's just not a heck of a lot of hope right now. So as you, as you go into this renewal season and say, you, you know, you have your core group of customers, what if there are customers out there that are, you know, kind of in a situation with their current bank where maybe they're not sure they're not they're if they're going to be renewed by their bank or, you know, they want to, they want to explore other options. What, what kind of tools do you have that you can, uh, you can help these guys out with? Well, I think, um, you know, the, the first tool is obviously uh, I like to think, of myself as being extremely approachable um, and because I think communication is key that way. So, um, you know, when you come, if, if there's noted stress or noted deficiencies or, or things that are going on with your farm that, that, you know, is going to, that the bank is going to, you know, raise a red flag to, I think you need to, I, I think, you know, right off the start, you need to, have as much clarification and communication up front as possible. And if you're if you're with a bank or not with a lender that 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 allows open flowing conversations like that, then 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 I think you, especially during these times of of, of ag, ag you know egg cycles, you need to be at a place that allows that. And that that I think that's the first tool that that German American and myself bring to it. You know the second the second tool that that. I've really utilized a lot, and and that's you know also working with people such as yourself, Greg, and and other um, you know financial programs that are out there. Is it it's really trying to get to the cost of production, and we have tools that that we can use through your crop plan and and stuff that we um, do on our side to get to those numbers to figure out you know what does it cost for you to put in um, your crop uh, in in in. In our world, we, we I really like to go back to you know looking at it on a per bushel, because that's what we sell as bushels. We don't sell acres, um, you know, we sell bushels. So w- when you get down to it and you're looking at break evens and 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 all of that, it's got to be on a per bushel. And we have tools that can that can help get us to that point and and run certain scenarios where we stress, you know, yield whether we stress price um we can stress you know a couple of those different scenarios to give you you know kind of really a, a two to three different scenario outlook based on price or yield mm-hmm. 
Now, we, all, we know that uh, not all banks are created equal, especially when it comes to agriculture, because let's face it, you know, uh, one bank uh, may work more specifically to commercial, but they, when it comes to working with uh, ag, they can do it, but they're not as, as good at it. Do you have any, any success stories that you can, you can share with us that uh, uh, kind of put some, some minds at ease when it comes to maybe working with you or working with their, their local ag banker as far as what, what you've done or what you've been able to do that, uh, that's helped your, your clients uh, uh, you know, either succeed a little bit more or find a, find a little better of a, of a, of a deal with where, you, where they're at in their, uh, their operation. Yeah, um, you know, great question. I think I appreciate the the lead into that because in in 2019, um, I did have a good year. I was able to um, you know bring some new relationships over, um, and 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 create new uh, leads and and bring new customers on. And you know, some of the success stories. Um, you know, I, I I give you a couple. We've got we had one uh, large hog operation and. You know, you think of, you know, a, a bank being into the hog business, and I know that, you know, a lot of the livestock, um, you know, banks doing livestock is starting to be few and far between. But uh, we were able to, you know, get approved and put on the deal, on the books, a, a, a new, you know, deal for us that, that was a hog operation. And that the, the main thing that was going on there is, is uh, really that, you know, the bank that was with them, um, you know, w whether they wanted to exit uh the livestock or or egg completely is a little bit to you know uh, unknown and uh we're getting the you know we, we really thought it was really the exiting livestock and what we were able to do is bring it back in it, it had some a little bit of stress to it but we were able to um do some of that moving current assets or, or permanent working capital i'm sorry uh, it'd be permanent working capital down the balance sheet and kind of resetting their long-term debt picture, resetting some, um, you know, cash flows and, and get them into a situation where, you know, everything was right-sized again. They went through some expansion, bought some farms, had some major capital improvements that, that were all done by the use of cash and uh, current liabilities. And, and that, that needed to be turned down into some longer-term debt. And, and that, by doing so, allowed them to reset and, and 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 really get their cost structure back under control and and uh, actually we we ended up real really alleviating some some cash flow form on on being able to be, make better margins through all of that too so that was a really big win and success for us um and and you know we certainly have more that we're looking at there in, in a similar nature where you know we we really have what we're what I'm seeing a trend of is that that there's still purchasing needs there's still things that farmers have to do and they're they're doing it on their operating lines they're doing it with cash and when we when we really sit down and look at the the long-term effects of doing that we affect working capital um, we affect our current ratios and and sometimes it's healthy to carry a little bit of um, you know long-term debt on your balance sheet uh, even if it is, you know, a, a, a piece of equipment that you want to finance for three years, uh, you know, or four years or five years, you know, depending on what, what it is, or, or sometimes it makes sense to take some of that current or permanent working capital, or, or in some cases, losses that you carried forward and put it against some real estate. And, and when you do those things, you can, you can, you can 
give a shot in the arm, you know, a little bit of adrenaline back to the farm. And, uh, you know, as long as we've gone through some of the issues that plagued you in the, the beginning of that, and we're on the post side of that and, and things are working right, it, it can be a very healthy deal. And, and the, that's kind of the trend of what I'm seeing and the stuff that we're able to do right now to help people. And like I said, we, we did one with a hog operation. I did uh, two row crop operations. Uh, and I'm actually looking at some, um, um, you know, some, some uh, chicken turkey type operations right now that we're looking at doing the same similar type thing with. So a little bit across the board, you know, the bank in general, uh, we've done some with dairy. Uh, I, I don't have a lot of dairy in my portfolio, but a couple of the, you know, co-workers of mine uh, do the dairy side and we've done some similar things to the dairy too. So, you know, I think we're, we're out here uh, wanting to help the ag industry. We're, we're invested in it and we really, we really want to get things going for them and, and try to get the light at the end of the tunnel here. Well, it's interesting that you bring up dairy because that was going to be my next question is, you know, you're, you're talking about the, the hog operation where the, maybe the bank uh, uh, was trying to get away from the, uh, the livestock uh, side of things. But that's something that I've noticed, uh, especially up at, in our local areas, that the amount of small dairies that have closed over the last say, year and a half to five years, it's been unbelievable. And that kind of speaks to the evolution of, you know, the economy, I guess, uh, is one. And then the, the overall farming uh, has has changed uh, that much in the, in in our area. What what other types of uh, changes are you seeing on that? Because it's it's got to be that, you know, are we are we finding that some of these farms are, you know, are going into uh one per you know one owner type situation or are they going is it going to that we have more farmers across smaller you know smaller operations or is it you know uh bigger operations and and we're finding less farmers out there you know i think uh, gosh that's a that's a rabbit hole i think that you know you can almost you can almost find a scenario for every thing you just mentioned there, but the, the, I, I, I kind of have a, a, a larger picture of what's potentially going on. And, and I think that is, is it for a while demographically, we've been talking about how, you know, the, the, the age of the populace within agriculture is, is getting older and older and in, in, a lot of them nearing retirement. So when you look at how farms have changed over the last 50 to 60 years and, you know, are you willing to, to, to stick in there and, and make some of those changes? Um, and a lot of them have been some major technology changes in an environment where you can look across the board and say in the dairy, row crops, hogs, there, there's not a lot of return um, per head or, you know, per per you know, acre or bushel, however you want to look at it. And you look at that and you say, are, am I willing to make some of the capital and um, investments and, you know, some of the changes that are necessary to keep up with where agriculture is moving? And I think that there's a handful that, that want to, and there's a handful that don't. And then there's a handful that are doing it really, really well. They're swallowing up the ones that are, are saying enough is enough. And so I think that's, you know, you're seeing kind of a paradigm shift of, um, you know, from one generation to the next, you know, the, the generation that's in my age and a little bit younger uh, are really enthusiastic about using precision ag, about using technology and and, and such. And, and and we see the value in that and, and why that's important for our success in the future, where, uh, you know, 
generation before me um, or those nearing retirement, it, it, it might have been a little bit more, you know, uh, an operator's mind frame where you're saying, I, I, I'm going to take care of the ground. I'm going to take care of the machinery. I'm going to take care of the cattle, um, the hogs. And, and there's just, there's more to it right now. And, and I think a lot of it is profit driven. And if you're to that point where you got to make a change to keep up um, or sell out, I think sometimes, you know, it, sometimes it's easier to sell out. And I, and I don't think there's anything wrong with that. I think that that spawns um, opportunity for others. Very good. Well, Jeremy, we're gonna we're gonna wrap things up, and I'm gonna I'm gonna toss it to you here real quick, and I want you to uh, relay your uh, your vitals to the uh, to our listeners out there. If anybody, uh, uh, and I'll let you even give your 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 region that you you cover here, so that uh, people know who, who they can get a hold of. But uh, tell us where uh, uh, where we can find you. At. Perfect. I uh, appreciate that. I. Um... I reside in uh, Poplar Grove. My office is in Belvedere, Illinois area. We focus on anywhere with it's really a, a, a two hour drive time radius, you know, around here. So, you know, realistically, we're located headquartered in German Valley. So, you know, you if you were to say, you know, west of Freeport, all the way to, uh, you know, the McHenry area down south, DeKalb, um, you know, that's really our, our trade area all the way up to, you know, the first uh, couple tiers of uh, the Wisconsin uh, counties, uh, Rock, Walworth um, are, are some big ones that come to mind that, that we're interested in doing in, in looking at. Um, those are, that's kind of our trade area, the, the areas that we're looking to expand, looking to grow. Uh, majority of that, we want to grow uh, South Belvedere, North Belvedere, East Belvedere, and and uh, that that's the areas I'm tackled in in trying to to expand. Uh, you can reach me at uh, my direct line, which is 815-975-3595. I'm on uh, Facebook. I'm on Twitter. Uh, Jeremy Dutch, uh, hashtag Farming Banker, um, or uh, like I said, uh, you can call me on my direct line. So that's a little bit about us. You can go to our website, GermanAmericanStateBank.com. It's all one word, all spelled out, super long, uh, I understand. But uh, again, it's GermanAmericanStateBank.com. And under the About tab, and uh, you can get in touch with me and, and uh, reach me that way as well. Well, thank you, Jeremy. I appreciate it. I'm going to go ahead and give my pitch now. I want uh, everybody to understand we've got uh, about three weeks until uh, the Allendale Outlook Conference. This will be, geez, I think our 30th uh, an annual Outlook Conference. We're going to go through, talk about the uh, the full picture for weather this year. We have Drew Lerner uh, speaking on January 28th. Uh, he will not be recorded, so if you want to watch that, you've got to watch it live. That's from 2 p.m. to 4 p.m. Central Time. On Tuesday, we're going to, on Wednesday, the 29th, we're going to talk about the, the grains. Rich Nelson is going to talk about the macros of the corn, beans, and wheat markets. Then Steve Georgie, myself, and Mike Lung are all going to talk uh, specifically about corn, beans, and wheat, respectively. Uh, we're going to give you some uh, fundamental uh, pictures as well as the technical and strategies that we're going to come up with for how to how to hedge uh, this year's crop as well as how to possibly reown some of last year's crop if you've already sold it. And then on uh, Thursday, Rich Nelson and Ryan Etner are going to talk about the livestock, specifically the cattle uh, for Ryan Etner and the hogs for, for Rich. Uh, that is 
$249, but I'm going to give you guys a special offer. If you are a bank manager, such as Jeremy here, we're going to give you a deal for $149. Now, what that's going to do is it's going to get you access to all three days, but I'm going to let as many of your customers come into your office and watch this with you if they're interested in it. All I request out of you is that you call me directly and we get that set up. So if you are interested in that, call me at 800-2-MARKET. That's 800-262-7538. Everybody have a great day for Allendale Market Talk. This is Greg McBride.